It's already begun. Some of you are starting to feel a little tipsy in the house today. You know, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus when he said that. That's a church that already been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You take a look at Acts chapter 19. Paul laid his hands on those. In verse 6, those that were at Ephesus, and the Bible says they began to speak with other, they filled, were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. But then he came, came by one day and wrote him a letter and says, Now I want to remind you, you were once filled, but now you need to continuously be filled. You continually need to take tastes and continually need to drink in of the Spirit. That's where he said, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God. There is refreshing available to the people of God every day of your life. And you know what? You can get it real quick in a corporate setting like this. But you also can receive a fresh infilling right in the privacy of your own home. You can receive a fresh infilling right in the privacy of your own automobile. Oh, just lift up your voice and start singing and shouting and praising God. Now, keep your hands on the steering wheel if you would. But I'm telling you what, God will fill your car up. He'll fill your spirit up on the way to work. He'll fill you up right at work. Somebody says, if I get too full, I won't be able to work. No, you'll be able to work better. Because the fuller you are, the better worker you are. The fuller you are, the better husband you are. The fuller you are, the better pastor you are. The fuller you are, the better your relationships are. Look at your neighbor and say, the fuller, the better. Hallelujah. You ever notice in the natural, when you used to go out and get drunk, things start looking better? I'm telling you what, you get drunk in the Holy Ghost, the circumstances of our life won't look so big. Why? Because you're just so saturated with the Holy Ghost and fire and power that all that's coming out of you is rivers of living water and you're full of joy unspeakable and you're filled with the very glory of God. We need to rejoice on this Pentecost Sunday. We got something to shout about. We got something to be happy about. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. You ever notice drunks laugh? I mean, everything seems funny. You know, you get full of the Holy Ghost, you won't have any cares in your life. I mean, what used to scare you caused you to laugh. Ha, 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 devil. At destruction and at famine, I shall laugh. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing about you because you're a defeated foe and you're under my feet and I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I'm seated in heavenly places with him. Yes, absolutely. At destruction and at famine, you can laugh when you're full of the Spirit. What used to make you cry when you get filled with the Holy Ghost will make you laugh. Laughing at what? Laughing at the devil. Because he's a a defeated foe. You know, over there in Psalms 2, the Bible says that he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. That's speaking of Jesus. But you know what? You've also been seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You've got a position in Him. He's in you and you are in Him. And Satan's trying to knock you off your place in God. But you can just laugh at Him. His day is coming. His day is coming. What used to make you cry can make you laugh. You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be strengthened today. 
Be strengthened by the joy of the Lord. See, we've entered into a kingdom that's not hamburgers, meat, and potatoes. We've entered into the kingdom that's not prime rib and burritos. We've entered into a kingdom, glory to God, that's not meat and drink. But what is this kingdom about? This kingdom is filled with righteousness. This kingdom is filled with peace. And this kingdom that we are in is filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 14, verse 17. Some of you are getting nervous that we haven't opened the Bible yet. Well, the Bible's in our spirits. We're just letting it roll. We're letting it flow. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, stay full this week, will you? I guarantee you, you'll get an opportunity not to be full. But oh, the will of God and the plan of God is for us to be anointed with fresh oil every day. Hallelujah. In Romans 14, verse 17, he says, for the kingdom of God, that's the kingdom we're of. See, the kingdoms of this world, they're not filled with righteousness. They're filled with condemnation. People in the world are walking around feeling badly about themselves, feeling like they're just old sinners and all beat up. But oh, when they come over into this kingdom, glory to God, they can get filled with the Holy Ghost and no longer be filled with condemnation, but filled with the Holy Ghost and righteousness. Hallelujah. What kingdom are you of? What kingdom are you in? I tell you what kingdom we're in. We're in the kingdom of God. And ours is a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of right standing with God. It's a kingdom where we can put our shoulders back, taste and see that the Lord is good, and really start enjoying life. What else is this kingdom about? This kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Listen, friend, when you get anointed with fresh oil daily, when you experience constant infillings and refillings of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be walking around biting your nails. You're not going to be walking around yielding to fear. No. Why? Because this kingdom that we're in is a kingdom of peace. The Prince of Peace lives on the inside of us. He's brought you out of a world of fear and brought you into the kingdom of peace. Oh, hallelujah. I like that. Now, if you watch the six o'clock news, if you listen to what, you know, the economists of the world are saying, if you listen to the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world, you lose your mind. But God has said, I've given you a sound mind. You have a sound mind when you're full with the Holy Ghost. You have a sound mind when you're experiencing constant refreshings of the Holy Ghost. This kingdom is a kingdom of peace. And then there's so much sorrow in the world. You know, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to do what? Speak with other tongues. It didn't say they were all filled with grief and sorrow. You know, on that day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of every one of them. I guarantee you, if I sat on your lap, you'd feel it today. Well, they're all in one accord and they sensed and they felt the Holy Ghost come upon them. And they were all filled, not with grief and sorrow. They were not filled with the cares of this life. But they were filled with the third person of the Godhead. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I did it again. I preached myself happy. Woo! The infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to talk behind one another's backs. And they began to say, well, I don't like that person. They're white. Or I don't like that person. They're Hispanic. I don't like that person because they're black. No, I'll tell you what, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, racism is a thing of the past. And I know I'm preaching real good right now. When they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says they began to speak in a heavenly language. Oh, if you've not yet spoken in a heavenly language, before you leave this morning, you can be filled with the Spirit and speak with other tongues. And so this kingdom that we are in, it's a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of peace. And it's a kingdom of joy in the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to laugh some more. Quite frankly, by the looks of some of your faces, you need a good, strong drink. And I'm not talking about Jack Daniels. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about holy smoke. I'm talking about holy ghosts. You know, it's on the inside of every human being. You might as well understand that every human being wants to be free. And every human being wants to feel good. Is that right? Before I got saved, I wanted to feel good. So I went to every high in the world that was available. But when I came into the kingdom of God, I'm going to tell you, there is no high like the most high. You want to feel good, don't you? You want to be free, don't you? There's freedom in Him. You'll get all sorts of good feelings from the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Come on, shout with me today. Oh, thank you, Lord. You see, when you're tempted to be down, you have to ask yourself, what are you reaching for to get you back up? Some people reach for caffeine. Other people reach for alcohol. Some people reach for pornography. Because you see, they get a temporary feel good or a temporary high. What are you reaching for when life circumstances beat upon the door of your house? Who are you going to? I tell you who we need to be going to. We need to be going to the rock. Come on, somebody. That is higher than I. We need to be going to the most high and drink in of his word and feed on his goodness and be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will feel good. And you'll be free. God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be all dead and intellectual and analyzing. Is this scriptural? You better believe it's scriptural. We're quoting the word. Hallelujah. You see, the dead don't praise God. They don't. And as far as I can see, everyone in this house is breathing. Now, it's really easy to come in here and worship God and shout and praise God. It's, it's the way it should be, right? I mean, aren't you glad when you come in here, you're free? But what are you doing when you leave these, this building? What are you doing on Monday morning? What are you doing when the doctor gives you a bad report? What are you doing when the bills keep stacking up? What are you going to do then? 
I'll tell you what you need to do. Take yourself a good, strong drink. Stir up the Holy Ghost. Stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. See, some of you used to go to the liquor cabinet and stir. You need to forget that and start stirring him up on the inside of you. Say with me, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Now say this real strong. As for me and my house, I shall, we shall, my kids shall, we all shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now look over at Acts chapter 3, if you would, in verse 19. This is an interesting verse of Scripture from the Amplified Version. Notice with me in Acts 3.19, Amplified, first of all, it says repent. How many of you know if you need to repent, it's a good thing to repent? Yeah. Repent. What does repent mean? Repent doesn't just mean asking for forgiveness. It means that. But it doesn't just mean saying no to sin. It means saying yes to God. So when you repent, what you do is you change your mind and your purpose, right? Turn around and return to God, okay? Some of you maybe need to repent today. You can do it. You can turn around and return to God. And then He'll turn your sorrow into mourning. I mean, your sorrow into joy. You don't want any more mourning. Turn around and return to God. Now, what? That your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean. Now, here's what happens. When we really give our life to God, and when we really are uh, serious about the Word, and we're really serious about maintaining this Spirit-filled experience that we have, here's what happens. He says, so that times of refreshing... Times of refreshing. The word refresh means to enliven. It means to stir up or to bring life to that was, was drooping. It means to invigorate, to restore to them vigor and vitality. And so when you turn away from those things and you turn to God, you're a candidate For, notice with me, not just one little time of refreshing, but times, plural, of refreshing. My spiritual father, Dad Hagen, said, we must have constant renewals of the Spirit. Constant refreshings of the Holy Ghost. That's why it's so important to be in church. Because in the church, there's a corporate setting that takes place. And the anointing comes upon us. And I'm telling you, I thank God for the local church. Because I can come to this place and go to other places and experience a time of refreshing and leave changed and turn into another man. Amen. Now notice, times of refreshing. And then he defines what can happen when we are refreshed. He says, in these times of refreshing, there all comes, also comes a recovering. A recovering. A recovering from what? A recovering from the effects of heat. Now, many of us have been through some fiery trials and fiery tests, have we not? But in the midst of the test and in the midst of the trial, He's with us at all times. And he says, 
I'm with you, I'm for you, and I am in you, and I am there to bring restoration and recovery in your life from the effects of the trials that you've been through. That's an awesome thing. You see, it's one thing to go through a trial and just say, whew, I made it. It's another thing to go through a trial and say, thank you, Lord, you brought me through. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh infilling of you. Recovering from the effects of heat. You know, Brenda grew up in Oklahoma, and I've been in some of those Oklahoma summers. I actually bailed hay in Oklahoma one day. Or attempted to bail hay. It was about 100 degrees, and Ricky was throwing those bales of hay over his head like this, and I was going, At the time, I weighed 145. I was just off drugs, you know, a little while. So it wasn't very strong. But oh, I'm telling you, it was hot. And so we'd go in the little farmhouse and we'd have a great huge jug of iced tea. Or a great big huge jug of fresh water. And we'd take that and just drink as much as we could. What were we doing? We were recovering from the effects of the heat. And God says, let him or her come unto me and drink. Everyone that is thirsty. Are you thirsty today? Let him come unto me and drink. Then he goes on to say, not only recovering from the effects of heat, but a reviving with fresh air. You know, there's just something about fresh air. Yesterday was such a beautiful day in the Bay Area, wasn't it? It was just awesome. Brenda and I go to a place that has a swimming pool and we work out and different things like that. And we were sitting there and by the pool and got in the pool and did some dog paddling and stuff. We had finished our workout. And I tell you, I was in that sauna and I was hot. But when I went outside and jumped in that pool and that fresh air just refreshed me. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. He'll get me a membership at a club? Yeah. He will revive you. He will revive you. With fresh air. Now I saw something in between services today that I wanna I wanna share with you. It's it's a good word. It's a it's a really, really good word. So if you would turn first to Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen, verse nineteen and twenty, and then we'll close over in Ephesians chapter three. How many of you are believing with me today? I'm believing God. I'm drawing on his strength today. I had about four hours of sleep last night. I usually get eight, but I'm depending totally on him today. You believe with me. Amen. Amen. Now notice over in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 through 20. Be not drunk with wine, which is a word right there, wherein is excess, but rather be filled or be stimulated with the spirit or the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Say it with me. Spirit-filled Christians, they sing. This is one way that you can drink, is you can sing. I didn't say you have to record. But you can make a joyful noise to the Lord. Is that right? Brenda told me yesterday, she says, you know, you really think you can sing, but you really can't. She says, 
She told me, she said, you know, sometimes you sing in church and you start out. Basically, she was telling me, you think you're all that. And I do. But I'm really not. But you know what? It's my time so I can sing if I want to. By the time it gets up to heaven, it sounds pretty good. But you know, I'm not called to sing like Pastor Tom or Pastor Kimberly is. Or Brother Minister Richardson. I can't sing like them. But in the privacy of my own home, boy, you ought to hear some songs coming out of me. Huh? Watch out, Justin Bieber. Not really. Anyway, the point is, you don't have to be an opera singer. You don't have to be a Motown singer. You don't have to sing like they do at Hillsong. You make a joyful noise unto the Lord your God and begin to sing psalms and hymns to Him. Just find the words of amazing grace and sing it. I sing the same song every morning without thinking. I can't think of what it is right now because I'm not thinking. But I do. I catch myself. I'm thinking, is this religious or is this God? Maybe I better switch tunes. That's a word for some of you right now. Maybe you need to switch some tunes. Well, I can't understand. I go to church and I don't get anything out of church. And he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And I don't feel like I'm filled with the Spirit. It might be because you're drinking of another Spirit during the week. I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't say that. You see, we're talking about times of refreshing, not times of refleshing. Say that. Say that. David didn't say, I shall be anointed with flesh oil. He said, did he? He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Refreshing, not refleshing. Selah. You can drink from the spirit of the world and that's exactly what you'll get. Or you can drink from the spirit of the living God. And you can just go higher and higher and higher in your walk with Him and you can know Him better. The fuller you are, the further you'll be able to go in life. The further you are, the further you'll be able to see His plan and His vision and His goals for your life. I've discovered this. I'll be honest with you. I've gotten into the flesh before just like you have. And I have noticed one thing. That if I'm not full of the Spirit, I can get real crabby. I can get real irritable. But if I will get filled with the Spirit, I'm full of love. And strife doesn't bother me. And situations don't bother me. You know, I think we need to take a clue from that. If you're constantly bothered by people and situations and circumstances, maybe you need to stop looking at them and looking at the circumstances and look in the mirror and look at yourself. And ask yourself, are they really the problem 
or is it me? Because I'm running close to empty. You can't get to Los Angeles, California this morning driving down Highway 5 or 101 with a quarter tank of gas without stopping and filling up. And God's got some places for you to go and me to go and for all of us to go. God's got a glorious journey ahead for us, but we can't make it on a quarter tank spiritually. We can't make it on a half tank spiritually. We've got to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The thing about it is, it's not mysterious. It's not something that's out of our grasp. You get the Word in you. You start praising God every day. You start speaking in your heavenly language, building yourself up on your most holy faith. And all of a sudden, joy will bubble up. And of His fullness will start flowing in your life. And you'll be able to make it from point A to point Z. See, after all, He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega, is He not? Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a great journey for you. And then look at the other person and say, stay full, will you please? If you've had the unfortunate experience of running out of gas, the first thing you want to do is get filled. Amen? Tonight we're going to have a refilling service. For people maybe that have run out of gas and beat up by life circumstances, we're going to lay hands on people tonight and God is going to do some wonderful things. But now listen very carefully in Ephesians chapter 5. My goodness, where's the time going? Ephesians, the fifth chapter. He says, don't be drunk with wine, words of success, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, singing and making melody your heart to the Lord. And the next verse says this, giving thanks. Everyone say, giving thanks. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. One thing that the Holy Spirit will do when you're filled with Him is He will give you the ability to be bold in Him. The more you operate in praise and thanksgiving, the more you put the devil to flight. I can remember the story that Dad Hagen told of him and John Osteen. Uh, Dad Hagen was holding a meeting at Lakewood Church years ago. John Osteen, of course, is Joel's father, who went on to be with the Lord. And John was going to purchase a certain automobile. And he asked Dad Hagen, you know, could I go, would you go with me? I want to pick this automobile up today. So we went with him after lunch. And John Osteen had a sheet of paper that one salesman had given him and said that this is the price, and it was a good price for the car. So he went to the dealership, and it was a different uh, salesperson there, and he handed him this. He says, I want this car, and this is what I was quoted. The guy just began to cuss up a blue streak. I mean, use God's name in vain, and just cuss this and cuss that. And John said, well, I, I, I tell you, this is the price I was given. And he started cussing again. Well, this guy was about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, big guy. John Osteen was about five foot seven. John Osteen was a Baptist preacher who got filled with the Holy Ghost and boldness. I said the Holy Ghost and boldness. The Holy Ghost will give you some boldness. He got up right in the face of that great big six foot three salesperson. He started saying, thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And the guy came to a sputtering stop. He was cussing. All of a sudden, it looked like he got slapped in the face. And Osteen said to him, I demand equal time. You swear and cuss, I praise God. He stopped swearing. He stopped cussing. And guess what? He drove that car out just like the deal was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, friends. The more you can thank God, the better and the fuller you'll get. Look at the next verse. Verse 21, it says, Submitting. Everyone say submitting. Submitting. See, being in submission to one another is a good thing. Mm -hmm. That means we need to give in to one another. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you won't always want to have your own way. But you'll walk in love, Mm -hmm. submitting to one another. You know, everybody's interested in submitting just so someone's submitting to them. But when you submit to one another in the fear of God, as a result of being filled with all the fullness of God, man, your life will get better. Your life will get sweeter. In closing, turn quickly back to Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to look, I think it's around verse 19. Verse 19. Everyone say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the fullness of your Spirit. Now, the whole context of this Ephesians 3 is us having the richest measure of God's divine presence. In other words, being so full of God. Now, notice this. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And here's what I want you to see. Read the rest with me. That you might be filled. Read it again. That we might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Paul is encouraging the church at Ephesus. And I'm encouraging the church in Hayward and in the Bay Area to be filled every day of your life with all the fullness of God. Here's what I saw. When you are filled with all the fullness of God... There is no more room for anything else in your life. How many of you have ever been full of food before? And they want to keep feeding you? They say, no, no, no more, no more, no mas, no mas. But when my life and your life is filled with the fullness of God, there's no more room for discouragement. Why? Because you're too encouraged. You're too encouraged in God. When you're filled with all the fullness of God, there's no more room for sadness. Because the Bible says that He will make you glad. No more room for strife. I mean, they can cuss you, they can insult you. Right in the middle of the test, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory will rest on you. When you're so full of the Holy Ghost and filled with the fullness of God, there's no room for strife or hatred in your life. My prayer for you this Pentecost Sunday is that you would be refreshed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet and that you and I would have the richest measure of His divine presence and that we would be filled with all the fullness of God Himself. Is that a good word today? Do you receive it?
Now, every person that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Every person that raised their hand, stand to your feet right now, all of you together. And I'm going to ask you all to make your way to the front. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. <laughs> 